What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Aarons, and this is the Israel Collective. Today, we're hanging out with our friend Heather McFadden, author and founder and host of Don't Mom Alone. Author because her book is coming out soon, founder because she started the organization, and host because Don't Mom Alone is an awesome podcast that hundreds of thousands of moms listen to to support each other and hear from Heather and her guests about how to be a mom in these times how to be a follower of Jesus in these times. You're going to love this conversation because we talk about everything and particularly how God ministered to Heather through a really challenging time in her life. You guys are going to love this conversation. Check it out. And we went to Israel, it was 2017, I want to say. It was. March of 2017. It was. It was a very significant season for me. I, uh, my parents lived in Costa Rica and we got a phone call the November before when I'd already committed to go on this trip um, in October. So in November, they call and they say they're going to move in with us because my mom has breast cancer and she needed to get mm. treatment in Dallas. And so they moved in. And then as she starts treatment, my dad turns jaundice. We find out he has liver cancer from a previous colon cancer diagnosis, and he Whoa. passes away within a month. And so I'm walking my mom through cancer treatment, grieving the loss of my dad, caring for all my boys. And my 40th birthday was the day we left for the trip to Israel. And I thought, how can I go on this trip? But then I was, you know, so spent with all I'd poured out caring for my parents and all of the people, (laughs) all of the animals and all the people that... It was just such a gift to me personally, beyond the fact that we are going to the Holy Land. I mean, it was the timing that God was so kind to Mm. give me that. And I'd actually been handed a book from a friend right when my parents moved in, a book that someone had given to her and someone it was like passed along from people who had walked through suffering called Red Sea Road. So I had been deep in the scriptures of God providing for the Israelites and through Moses and them just being at an impasse of a Red Sea in front of them and an army behind them and how he made a way. And I felt like your invitation was God making a way and saying, I can do the impossible. Just wait and see. Trust me. Mm, That's, that's an amazing story. And I hear a hundred different versions of something like that just in the sense of it's like yes you're coming to israel to be with israel collective and and learn the stuff that we teach but then there's always also this personal thing that god's got going on that he's bringing you to to show you um and that's such a clear image of that and also you mentioned the the landscape too the images in the bible of the red sea the army the, the parting of the red sea you know, there's so much there when you when yeah. you see the landscape of Israel and you read the stories that happened right there. There's something yeah. that just clicks and connects. What was? Did you have an experience like that when you were when you were there? Oh my goodness, a thousand. I mean, I grew up reading the Bible in the church, and it was like, it's like you've. I mean, I'm gonna cry, Josh. You know me. I cry all the time. It's like you've been shown a painting and then you get to go to the place, mm. the, the two dimension 
transforms into four dimensions and this god that you've been worshiping becomes a little more real and Mm -hmm. um yeah i just i think of course a very memorable moment is when you're driving through the wilderness quote-unquote wilderness and you come it felt like we just turned around this bend and all of its glory is jerusalem like you just Mm -hmm. every single scripture about jerusalem and the mountains surrounding it comes alive when you turn around that corner and you just see it and standing on the mount of olives looking over um into jerusalem standing on the temple steps and and looking down and seeing the valley where David had written some of his Psalms. I mean, I just, I, 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 that's, I love it so much that I want my children who have been exposed to God's word to, to experiencing too. But um, for me personally, it was just a deepening of my faith that no other experience circumstantially could have brought if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. I've been there over 30 times (laughs) and it happens to me every time somewhere. I'm just like, okay, God, where's it going to happen this time? Like somewhere, maybe I've been there. Maybe I've been there 30 times and something just clicks that time. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, and I'm remembering, oh, the, the, um, Mount Sermon on the Mount, mm -hmm. that moment we had where Dave is quoting it. That's right. I remember that the words of the sermon, he's like gesturing to things around him and words of the Sermon of the Mount are just completely transforming as he's saying every word. He's saying a light on the hill and then we look over and there's a hill and the the mustard seed is right there at our feet and the, just this beautiful, you know, you hear about God calming the sea and when we took the boat ride, <laughs> You're thinking, how is this choppy? You know, how is this kind of a chaotic place? But, you know, it all comes together. You see it and you're like, oh, wow. And Jesus was right here in this moment, speaking those words. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that moment. That was, that was unforgettable. I could, I could still see it. Um, I remember where he was standing, you could see the sea behind him, you could, and because he recited it from memory, yeah, you could just, uh, you could kind of blur your eyes and, and imagine Jesus standing right there saying those exact words. That was just an incredible moment. And you, yeah. you feel like something inside of you is transforming. Yeah. You hear those words. And you recognize that Jesus, who is God, not only came to earth in human flesh and and humbled himself to do that, but he humbled himself to use language that the people around him would understand, to use physical things right in front of him to communicate eternal truth. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's not like he's dumbing it down for us, but he's he's recognizing like, okay, let me make this as easy for you to understand as possible. And as Americans so far removed from that culture and that exact place, we try to draw conclusions. But I think when you're there and you're seeing it, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. All right. I get it. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I, I, as an American, I'm sure we have mustard seeds somewhere <laughs> here. But we've got a version <laughs> that he would use. Something he would use. I had, yep. I had never seen one, and then it was only there. I mean, because they're just, the plants are growing, still growing. You know, in the wild, there, and you can be like, okay, that much faith. It's like what a sesame seed you could compare it to. You yeah. Know? Something like I mean, that. Just. And he would probably just reach down and grab it and roll it in his hand and and just say this much. And then there mm -hmm. were like the two mountains that I think y'all said he would, that was the pathway from Galilee into Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It was like picturing like, and he's just, you know, you could move that mountain, you know, you could mm -hmm. make your way through. Anyway, I just, I loved yeah. that so much. Mm -hmm. Same here. And those are, those are still words I, I cling to, especially the last year has been, has been tough and you hear you remember that jesus said right on the side of that hill blessed are those who mourn um blessed are the peacemakers blessed are the meek all these things it's not it's not just everything's great it's even when you're going through hard times you're mourning you're you're suffering perhaps um you're poor you're blessed and then he tells you why because of what god offers and how to how to navigate that and i mean i think that's just so so relevant to to today right yeah. and yeah um and you mentioned something interesting you talk about um bringing your boys to israel someday yeah um, which any anyway any way i can help with that definitely uh sign me up oh yeah no it's so one little piece that i brought back and another friend who's been to israel she was inspired by when she went is the feasting aspect of the jewish culture and just how often in the bible we read about feasts, but maybe don't know about the annual traditions and then the weekly traditions of Shabbat. And so um, this friend, she hosts the different feasts, the Sukkot and, um, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm losing my, anyway, I did a whole interview with her on the biblical feasts and we will, we will sit around and it's holy ground when we sit around and focus in on what the Jews are celebrating and remembering almost like their Thanksgiving feasts, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. happening more often. And Shabbat, we have decided as a small group, at least once a month on a Friday uh, at sunset, we get together and we have a meal, uh, our four families, and we bless, say a blessing over each of the children. Mm, and we want them that. to remember who God says they are as they travel through this life. Um, but my almost nine-year-old said, I think last week he said, do we have Shabbat this week? I don't think we had it in January. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he pays attention. It's, it's sticking. It's something that I feel like even those little cultural things that when you expose them to make a difference. So I can only imagine if I brought them, if mm -hmm. they had that experience of seeing the Holy land and then they're studying God's word as middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, like the bigger impact. And then that shared experience as a family, I think is really bonding. Um, if we all believe in this, the God that we serve and, and Jesus and his resurrection and his, that he wasn't just God, he was man, that that would bond us as a family together, I just think would be really cool. Especially as I'm seeing my 15 year old is, I mean, the exit plans real, real soon here. He's, he's almost gone. I'm like, okay, the timeline is, is quickly approaching that the six of us is not just the six of us. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. So yeah, and speaking of, of family and, and parenting and all that, you have an amazing podcast called Don't Mom Alone. And a, a whole community really of, of moms that have has grown out of that, right? So not only are you are you encouraging and informing, you're also providing this connection point because I've I've heard uh, you know I've heard a lot of moms say sometimes they feel alone, they feel isolated, all that, and need a little backup. And and this is I mean it's just amazing to see everything you're doing and how it's just grown so exponentially. Um, so I'd love to talk a little more about that. Um, and what can, what should moms know about Israel and what should they be teaching their kids about Israel, would you say? Yeah, I think, um, well, thank you. That was very kind of you with the podcast. It's been, uh, again, God providing. I just, I wrote online before there was Facebook that transitioned into a podcast before people were into podcasts. That's just God's provision and timing. But the fruit of that has been one, a job that I can do from home while I'm still carting kids around and I can fit it in in the, the margins. Um, and now I have a team that kind of helps me produce that, which is such a blessing and that, wow. that can help our finances that I'm not having to then find a different job to help support four boys eating habits, which can be <laughs> a lot of food during the pandemic. A lot of growing <laughs> happened. Um, but all, but even beyond that, the fact that he has shown me that the moms are in such a, it's such a tender time of a woman's journey where she may have been a very capable person and then she gets married. Maybe mm. she's aware of some of her faults and has worked through some struggles, but when motherhood comes, whichever way it comes through adoption, biologically, um, I've even seen, you know, women mothering other women, like women through mentoring, whatever way it comes, you, mm -hmm. you recognize that your faults in a new way, you recognize where you have pride, you're stripped of a lot of that. And I find that women are really open to an outside strength, to outside help, to vulnerability, they're already vulnerable. And so in that openness, I found that they are wanting support. And so if I can connect them, I love that I get to be the connector of women in a hard place, looking for insight, looking for encouragement, looking for just reassurance that they're not doing something wrong, always wanting to do this well. And so I can come alongside them and just reassure them and not like this formula. I'm not big on you need to do X, Y, and Z to have this good kid outcome, but more mm -hmm. just like an invitation of looking to God and what does he have for you as a human? <laughs> what is it part of his plan? Because motherhood's a short piece of your long-term life. Um, and so the way Israel, I think, intersects with that for me personally, um, I just had always read in Genesis, God's promise to Abraham that he would bless him with land people and that through him the world would be blessed and that includes me <laughs> and so to see the land that was promised reminds me that the other two promises are true that God cannot lie and he is unchanging and so when I see the land and then when I meet the people and experience the culture that God preserved we don't read about the like 
I don't walk up to someone and say, oh, hey, where are you from? I'm, I'm a Chaldean or something, or one of the other smaller tribes at the time of the Israelites. But the Israelites have, I mean, the world has come against them in various ways to shrink that people group. And because of God's blessing and because of that promise, there, a group of people that was the, a small group has sustained and survived and their cultural traditions have lasted. And that's only because of God's hand. And I'm reminded that anything he promises will come true. And that applies to my life, the plans, good plans he has for me, the good plans he has in store for my kids outside of my, the good that I do and the bad that I do. He, he is, he is able to do abundantly more than I can imagine for my kids if I would release control and trust him. So I think Israel reminded me of all that as a mom. And I think if we are moms who love God, who believe in Jesus, um, seeing that land reinforces those beliefs. So, Yeah, that's so good. And it's like when you're there, you can kind of feel that, um, what is the, what is the quote? There's a quote, um, to be realistic in Israel, you have to believe in miracles, something like that, where it's just very easy to perceive that there's like, they do rely on God and it is a leap of faith because there are so many unknowns. And I think, isn't, isn't that a perfect, um, picture of what it's like to be a parent and have a family and raise kids. You have to make room for God to work and then watch what he does. Yeah. And I am a daughter of God before I'm a mother of my boys. And so the fact that while I was there, he saw me and cared for my hurts. Um, here I come again. <laughs> here I come again. Uh, I would say my standout best memory was the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane where mm -hmm. y'all gave us time to meet with Jesus and I was crying so hard. I think I hadn't had space to grieve fully. And what struck me, what struck me is Jesus cried there. Mm -hmm. And he is God. He knew how the story ended. He knew that he would rise again and he cried there. And so that freedom mm -hmm to know how the story ends and yet be sad in the moment was what I needed because everyone kept saying, Oh, but your dad's, you know, in heaven and you'll get to see him. And like, as if I shouldn't be sad now because that's the end of the story. I just felt like Jesus saw me right then. And he said, Nope, I get it. I didn't want, yeah. I didn't want this to be the story for me. I didn't, I, ask God, please take this from me, you know, and then he surrendered to God's will. And I had to choose that for myself too, and trust that as much as it hurts, as much as it wasn't my plan, that God is God and I trust him. So that's my own personal, like in order to be the mom I want to be, I needed to heal in that specific way. And Israel and that time with Jesus allowed for that healing. Uh, so I think as moms, it's also not just being about your kids to the point that you forget mm -hmm. 
that God sees you and he's for you in whatever gets stirred up because of motherhood or because of circumstances that you can come to him and he can meet you there and bring you the truth that you need to hear. Mm, so good. Yeah. And he's, he's felt what you feel, right? He's, yeah. it says he, he, that Jesus wept over Jerusalem, right? And these are yeah. like his children. These are, he knows each of them by name and each of us by name, we're his children. And um, he's played that role and he's felt everything we would feel, yeah. you know, in those, in those moments. So that's amazing. Yeah. I think, uh, so John Piper's son was on our trip. Uh-huh. To me, is mind blowing. The fact that I got to meet all the people I met on the trip too was just an extra. Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you joking me? But anyway, he he grew up in the church, obviously, as well as I did. And I remember us walking down from the Mount of Olives, and he was like, "I've heard so much that Jesus is God. This trip is blowing my mind because we don't spend enough time talking about Jesus as a man mm. and his humanity." And um, I think. I think sometimes that's true for our kids uh, that grew mm. up in the church. So anyway, that he cried, that he ate so many scriptures that talk about him eating with his disciples. And so we ate mm-hmm. a lot of delicious food. We sure did. <laughs> we, we did. Sure well, I, did. We, love, we love the feasting. We're bringing, we're bringing feasting back. That's what's happening there. Hummus. <laughs> All the hummus. Yeah. As much, was, as, as much as you can get. <laughs> it was delicious. I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. same here always and and like you mentioned the 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 shabbat dinner the dinner on the the eve of oh the my sabbath gosh. i just... mean as we're talking like uh, more and more memories are coming that i'm like oh my gosh yes and that and that yeah the we had so many talented rappers with us yeah. and singers <laughs> right. that the moment when i think it was fizzle who rapped and then um their the people hosting their Jewish neighbor rapped. I remember that. And just <laughs> Only the, in Israel, right? <laughs> I just, the, the many moments, I think even in Capernaum, when you can look around at the temple and see all the different people groups worshiping in their language, or when mm. we went on the Sea of Galilee and there was an entire boat filled with, I think they were from Asia. I don't remember the group. It was some mm. group of people and they were singing worship songs in their language. And you're like, okay, Every tribe, every nation is coming to this little teeny sliver of the world and worshiping. I don't know. That element really kind of blew my mind. I wasn't expecting just all yeah. the names. Yeah. Yeah, which was which was written in the Bible yeah. a few thousand years ago that someday people are going to come from all over the world to this exact place and worship together and honor the name of the Lord. It's just, it's, it's astonishing that you can see that firsthand yeah. for yourself. I think for any mom that's listening, there were a lot of little kids just walking around Jerusalem, which is a little bit like, oh, is this okay? Like, where are their parents? <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing? They're so cute and they're just like happy and walking around. And I don't know if it was you or Raj that showed me the scripture that prophesied that, that children mm-hmm. would freely walk in the streets and there, you know, that there would be dancing and there would be singing because Jerusalem, you know, was so desecrated and destroyed. Yeah when they were in exile in Babylon. Anyway, I just was like, ah, oh, even that scripture's fulfilled. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that's in Zechariah. I always forget the chapter, but it's yeah. right <laughs> well, there in Zechariah. <laughs> it's right there in Zechariah. Yeah, no, I, I just, that struck me too. Just little things, obviously, whenever you go to a, a new place, um, it, it just catches your eye in that freedom. I feel like when a place is healthy and safe, arts grow and they were like the art and the freedom to dance and make create music and you could see that I mean the paintings on the wall even the graffiti was gorgeous like (laughs) just the fact that people can create shows that they are in a safe and happy place and that was Mm -hmm. cool to see Mm -hmm. that's really good yeah it's it's such a vibrant vibrant place that is alive yeah even the the scriptures talk about the ruins being rebuilt I believe that's in Isaiah um you can actually see ruins being rebuilt many times and it's it's like like you're saying just the image of that when with the people coming from all over the world it's like the story is still unfolding the story is still happening and we get to be a part of that and you get to even tell your kids you guys are a part of this story Mm -hmm. I think is important I mean uh, having a context having an identity having you know knowing that you're part of a larger story than yourself strikes me as something that kids really need to to understand when you're reminding me that we discovered a few years ago that we have Jewish heritage wow like my grandmother's dad changed his name when he came to the states because there was so much hate of the Jews Mm. at the time he changed his name from Levi Rubin to something else I can't remember but um I mean Levi Rubin y'all that's like double (laughs) That's double tribing right there. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a part of their history. It's a part of their future. Um, as followers of Jesus, we're, he's coming back. This is, this is, and maybe pretty soon y'all. I mean, I keep saying that, but <laughs> it just feels like, would you have ever predicted this where we are right now? Yeah. <laughs> Not a year ago. I wouldn't have thought. Nope, not even close, not even close. So we were talking before before we hit record about the past year and, and yeah. uh, the challenges, the ups and downs and so on. And you mentioned that uh, you managed to write a book in, within, right? you know, in 2020, which I find extremely uh, <laughs> inspiring and convicting. <laughs> you know, Josh, it helps when you sign a contract and you have a due date. So <laughs> that's we, true. We do a fake contract for you so you can have a fire under your feet. Um, yeah, it's it was something that I had in my mind to plan to finish before the kids got out of school. And then I found all four of them home with me, March, April, May. So I fitted into the margins, um, had a couple long weekends at my in-laws and yeah, finished it, turned it in in September. And yeah, I, I didn't think I would ever be able to finish a book, let alone do it in a pandemic with four boys home just shows that, (laughs) we have a God who can provide when we are stretched to the end of ourselves and beyond our strength and ability. So I, I worried, honestly, the name of the book is dumb. I'm alone, like the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so many of my friends that have written books have had to live out the message of their books. And the pessimistic side of me was like, well, guess Bruce is going to die this year. Or <laughs> I mean, horrible stuff. Like I'm going to have to mom alone. I'm going to lose all my friends, whatever it is. Like, of course, then we've got, I did kind of lose friends. Like I didn't lose them. They just, you couldn't see them. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But the actual message of the book is that I need God and others to be the mom I want to be. Like I cannot do motherhood in my own strength in the same way that I was reliant on others and God to write the book. So thank goodness. My wow. Self is not in charge, but. <laughs> so it sounds like you lived out the book ahead of time while you were writing it. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very dependent on friends being very vulnerable about hard days. And I had a mentor mm-hmm. who she's a life coach now and she would coach me through when I would get stuck and definitely. Wow. Yeah. And God, of course. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so good. And the, the need for community, it's, it seems like in these times, even even leaving the pandemic aside, but but of course it makes it even harder to find community during this, this season of isolation we're all in. Um, so important and so needed. Um, and and you're providing that through through your ministry. Could you speak to a little bit more about that and how, how people can get connected? Yeah, so I think some moms have reached out that when they've moved to a new town or they literally have no friends that when they listen to the podcast itself, they feel less alone, which is fantastic. But I really love for moms to be, take a little bit of a risk and be a little bit vulnerable and invite a couple women around them to maybe get together and do a podcast club, which is like a book club. But since moms don't read a lot because of time constraints, they could listen and use the podcast as a jumping off point, as an excuse. Hey, honey, I got to go to my podcast club. Um, and then you have something to talk about. And we provide the questions, discussion questions and support for the leaders so they can kind of set up a safe environment for moms because we don't want a whole bunch of moms ganging up on <laughs> moms and giving un- unrequested advice. But we just want a place for they, where they can say, okay, oh yeah, this was hard, but so-and-so is having a hard time too. It's not just like that I'm a bad mom. I'm it's just, this is hard. Uh, the other thing is yeah. we launched a Patreon group this year uh, where moms can join me there and just process through discipline issues or Bruce and I are going through a kind of a Clifton Strength, Strength Finder series where just helping moms know how they're wired a little bit more, know how to use strengths as a way to work through conflict and figure out what God has for them in mm-hmm. and outside of motherhood. So that's available. And then, yeah, the book will come out in October. So hopefully that'll be a resource that moms can use to gather. And I just, I do want moms to gather and I do want them to reach out to mentors too. I found mentors to be essential to my journey. And so it doesn't have to be someone older than you, but just someone, it could be a phone call one time that you start a coffee, if you have coffee shops open near you and you just, someone who's doing something a little bit better than you in one area, maybe they love their husband. Well, maybe they, um, are patient and you would love to learn how to be more patient, or maybe, maybe they meal plan really well. You want to learn how to meal plan or keep their home or something, you know, maybe in their career, you've noticed they've used some great entrepreneurial skills, whatever it is, just invite them and say, Hey, would you have coffee with me once or get on a phone call once and then just if it goes well it's a good match maybe you meet ongoing or stay connected ongoing but taking that risk to invite wisdom into your life I've found to be a hugely essential part of yeah of my journey 
yeah well that's that's definitely it's brilliant and and one thing i've found is that, that people love to to share if they're if you see that somebody's good at something and you ask them about it you're not you're not bugging them you're not they want to share they want to share their their lessons and and you know their wisdom so if you I, use mean, the I think word that's awesome mentor they get a little nervous they're like oh i'm right. not that i'm not that and they shy away but if you just say i've noticed you're really great at blah 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 that's a different thing and you're not asking them to commit to the rest of your life like it's a little right. overwhelming, <laughs> but yeah, just once, maybe a couple more times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I, I'm telling you what you're doing is just, is so significant. What God is, is, is growing from that, from podcasts and a book and, and community meetups. I mean, it's, it's world changing. I mean, it, it starts with moms. I don't know if that's a slogan, but it should be. It really does. It's. I need that on a shirt. It does. Yeah. The family <laughs> unit is a, is a, an essential unit. And I think if you read a newspaper, some of the breakdown happening across the globe, we are important. We're not essential. That's what I always tell moms. So mm. we are an important foundational factor in the culture and the makeup of society, but God is bigger. So the, the full weight is not on us, but we have to recognize that we have an opportunity to make an impact globally and legacy is impacted by our choices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so true and so good. And I mean, if you just kind of follow God's template, it, it will come easier than you think. It's like, just do a little Shabbat dinner. Yeah, bless there you your go. kids. Yeah. There you go. There's, there's Once a, a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Works well. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Heather, it's been so great having you on. So great to talk to you and just excited about everything you're doing. Where can, where can we go to, to get connected with you and learn more? So I have the website, don'tmomalone.com. And then on socials, it's don'tmomalone. Without the apostrophe, you know. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks so much. And um, I'm only going to let you go if you if you promise to come back again, because I think we've got a bunch of more Israel memories we need to reminisce about, oh, especially that, that group. Fantastic. Yeah. And can we, can we meet in Israel when we do it? <laughs> Sounds good to me. The acoustics are great. They're great. They're great. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Josh, for having me. Thanks, Heather. The Israel Collective is an initiative of Christians United for Israel. To learn more about us, head to israelcollective.org, follow our Instagram, and if you want to get active and get involved, check out Christians United for Israel at cufi.org. They've got amazing educational resources, daily updates and emails, and just a ton of ways to learn, take action, make friends, and make a difference. There's a place for everyone at Kufi, so head on over. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll see you next time.